Hello, everyone. Welcome to Market Outlook for July 24th, 2022. Before we get going, I'd like to remind you the presentation is for educational purposes only. We're not broker dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk and trading options is substantial. Please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that if we do show any trades and results in the presentation, please consider them to be hypothetical computer simulated trades. They would be as accurately represented as possible, keeping my live results compared from simulated results for many different reasons. This is our special open house, so I'd like to welcome our special guests that we're having today for the Market Outlook open house. Also, for those of you who would like to post questions in the future for a Market Outlook, you can just go into the forum for Market Outlook, look for the session date and respond to the session date, and we can get those questions answered for you. We do have one question today that we'll address during presentation here. And also, uh, one other thing I'd like to note is we're having a special webinar called Learn to Trade Any Market on Thursday, August 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and we welcome you to come and join us. It's free and open to the public, so just go to LockingYourSuccess.com, and you should get a pop-up there where you can get registered. If you're a Go or a Pro member, we're going to register you automatically anyway. But uh, otherwise, let's get moving here. So let's jump back, and we're going to take a look here at what happened in with the SPX last well, first of all, let's talk about uh, some news that's coming out uh, during the week. So uh, we have uh, we're in earnings season. For those who do, so those of you who don't know, we're in the middle of earnings season. We have a lot of earnings this week coming up, including Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, uh, and some others. We also have GDP coming out for the second quarter. We have a Fed meeting, and we have new home sales and bunch of other economic data coming up this week. So um, that being the case, depending on if we're going to get any surprises, uh, that may move the market a little bit and maybe some, maybe even in some directions that we, we don't expect, but we should be aware that we do have a lot of news on the table. And uh, as far as the Fed meeting goes, the, the traders are expecting an interest rate hike. Uh, I don't believe they're concerned about the interest rate hike when we take a look at the implied volatility and so forth. It's all very low. Um, we also have, again, we have all these earnings coming out. I don't believe they're particularly concerned about the earnings. Uh, early indications are from earnings season thus far as uh, earnings for companies have generally been better than expected. So um, a real negative surprise for one of these major companies may knock us down a little bit more than expected, but I believe that we're probably expecting good numbers out of the companies. So. Um, we'll have to see how that goes, but that's what I have on a news-related front. And remember, news can can definitely push the market around. Uh, that said, when we start talking about news, uh, my assumption is, in general, is that the market already has ex- has set expectations for all of that news, and as long as everything falls in line. It generally doesn't make a difference. You have no way of knowing if these earnings are going to fall in line or not, and nor do you necessarily know as a trader what the market is actually expecting from these companies. So for you to try to outguess that system is kind of a waste of time, and it's usually going to be detrimental to your trading. You're better off just to be aware that it's there and aware that we can get some moves in the marketplace that may break support and resistance zones. As a matter of fact, usually when the market has any kind of important news coming out, it usually migrates towards important technical levels. And a lot of times the news event, whatever that may be, will break the technical level, either break the technical level and you'll have a breakout either to the upside or the downside, or it'll 
push the market back into range. And usually it's just, it'll just stay in range. That's typically the way we think of it, but we wanna be aware of what's going on in general. So uh, last week we were sitting down here and uh, kind of in the middle of, of what I was thinking in the middle of a range here, we had, um, well, you know, my general, my general expectations over weeks to months is that the market's going to push into a sideways range. Exactly where that range is going to top out, hard to say, um, but we are going to test certain levels here. And this is one of the levels. We've had this oval in here for, I don't know, probably the last six, seven, eight weeks for, uh, for a reason. And that is because we were expecting the market, if the market got a little bit bullish, to come out and test this area. Now, this zone here on the short-term charts is very significant. On the long-term charts, it's almost inconsequential. So we want to keep that, uh, we want to keep that in mind. So why is it important on the short-term charts? Well, if you look on uh, our daily chart, I had this neckline drawn in for a head and shoulders breakdown. This neckline is essentially derived from weekly data, which is why it crosses inside and outside of some of the daily data. I kind of estimated that this is probably where the trader is gonna react off of. And you can see that we came into this on Thursday we reacted negatively off of that on Friday. Uh, from a technical, from a technical, a pure technical um, perspective, that would be relatively normal. Now, I didn't expect necessarily. I'm not surprised the market's here. Um, I didn't necessarily expect it to be quite that high. I figured it might top out somewhere around this swing high here, but we broke over that on Thursday. Um, looking at this in hindsight which is, you know, hindsight, we can always uh, see things a little better. Uh, the move up to this swing high is going to break this trend line and the break of that trend line generally is going to be met with some buying, uh, which pushed it over the swing high. Wait, again, that's not overly surprising. And we're going to get, a, it looks like we got a little hesitation here on Friday uh, over on this level. The more significant area here, actually, let me go to different drawing set just a clear drawing set. Let's just go to the short term for a sec. I'm gonna go hourly for like 90 days. So from a short term, a short term perspective, we have an inverted head and shoulders pattern here. We have the neckline for that inverted head and shoulders pattern. See, in general, you know, it, again, this is an area. So in general, that area is held here, it held here, it held here, it held here again, and then the market started to take off to the upside. We set in like a, uh, we'll call it a box pattern, or you can call it like a double bottoming pattern or a wave pattern, some people call it. Uh, we broke out of that on um, probably Friday, right? Or Whatever, whatever day this is here, we broke out of that, we retested it, we broke higher, we retested again. So uh, I, I guess this was, would all be, for, um, but that's that's the basic pattern in the short term. Okay, so this, we're at a significant level essentially on a short term chart right now. Um, 
I believe we're going to break down under this level. And I don't think that that's very significant because of the longer term charge, it's not. But also I'm doing is I'm, 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 I'm drawing down the levels on a short term uh, short term basis. So this box pattern here is going to have a price pattern target. And that price pattern target is going to be up here at about 41.50, which also, so I'm looking for confirmation in other areas and other timeframes. That also lines up with um, some previous highs. Okay, giving this a, uh, if the market should take off to the upside here, these previous highs being a price pattern target and previous swing highs together are going to be a level the market's going to try and fish for. And when it gets there, it's probably going to react negatively off it. How negatively and how far, we don't know. But that's what we show on a shorter term price chart. Now, our longer term price charts always uh, overpower our shorter term price charts. So we want to have an idea of what our longer term stuff is doing. And if I go into the daily here, uh, you can see how that's played out. You can see uh, this is the breakout of our pattern. And you can see here, this gap is going to put a significant, is going to be a resistance area. So um, on the other chart, we had a head and shoulders neckline target, essentially right here. On this chart, we have, and I'm just looking at things more or less horizontally. Well, we're looking at things more or less horizontally here. Uh, on this chart, I have this gap this window, which also acts as a resistance point, which we have not yet cleared. So we had a breakout of this double bottoming pattern here, but on our longer term timeframes, we have a pretty substantial resistance area here, and that's what we backed off of. Now from classic price movement, if I'm bullish here with this breakout, uh, I can look at this several ways. I can look at this as a horizontal support at this point, really way down here at about 4,000. So we could get a pullback all the way to 4,000 or so and not really be concerned from a bullish perspective. We also have our 30% or let's say 35%-ish pullback uh, gauge that we can use, like a bullish pullback off of this level. And I'm looking at this from the perspective of a um, of this run here from what is it, 714 to the top here that we had on Friday. If I look at that bullish run coming into a resistance point, I like that. And I look at my properties on this Fibonacci replacement and I take my 38.2, which is about 30, it's like 35, right? 40%. Uh, that's about in the range. And I just turn that green just for demonstration. Uh, a normal pullback from that perspective would be right around here, with, which is as a swing high, which is right around 3,900. It's technically 3,904 based on that number. My point being that this breakout is on this in a shorter term time frame is pretty bullish. Uh, we hit a longer term resistance area, which would, would not be surprised we pull back off of the pullback here expected pullback should be up to about 3,900 or so. And then uh, if I'm bullish, I want to see this area hold and then for me to take out the swing high within the next couple of days. Okay. In which case that would imply from a, at least a horizontal perspective, the market's likely to come into like 4160 or probably test these swing highs. 
Now, when we back out even further um, into the weeklies, this is an important level right up in here, which is about 41.60. Okay, we had, um, if you're looking at closing-ish prices here, this is an important range here. You see how long we spent there. And then of course we retested that area and um, we bounced, that area failed, it retested it again and it uh, as, as resistance and that held and it came back down again. So that makes this 4160 area probably our most um, important area for the longer term if we think we're going to maybe take a shot for new highs or have this really big market up, uh, up move. That's an important area. My thought, again, is that we're probably going to push into a sideways range. I don't exactly know where the sideways range might top out. It may top out here because, again, it, even on our longer term charts, we have head and shoulders neckline in this area. But regarding that neckline, I can look at it two different ways. This is it here in white using the tails, in which case we pretty much close there for the week. And this is an orange, uh, which is uh, more on closing prices. So I have this close here, I have this close here, um, and these closes up in here. So if I kind of average out where our closes generally tend to be, the traders may react on this way up here at around 40.83, okay? So, um, my thoughts are that from here, again, directionally, it's kind of tough to tell exactly where we're going to go because anything we have is on a shorter term chart and we got news out there and news is going to push stuff around. We are getting kind of high um, or into the zone here where we're likely to reverse back down again. Um, but at the same time, we still could go a little bit higher and still maintain a bearish posture in general for the longer term of the market. So again, my thoughts are we could come as high as about this 4160 area and then reverse back down and then be sideways range, or we could turn uh, earlier than that. So, uh, but that, that's my thoughts. I would be extremely surprised if we come up over the 4160 area. Uh, chances are we're not gonna break back into this upper range in the, in the near term foreseeable future. Um, so again, for shorter term price movement, if we, this is a pullback off this, off of that level. Let me go back to the charts here. Back off of this level here. And this should maintain somewhere around four, uh, let's see where we are, about 3,900. Maintains this pullback if it pulls back. If I'm bullish, I'll want to see this maintain about 3,900. Or to be more specific, um, you see this trend line here? This should act, if I'm a bull, this should act as support, which actually may pull us under 3,900. That may pull us all the way down. Let's see, this week, one, two, three, four, five trading days. That may pull us all the way down to 3,837. And I could still maintain a shorter term bullish posture with that. Um, ideally, if I'm really bullish, I want to keep this over 3,900 and, uh, or at least this area right here, which is pretty important. You can see on the short-term charts, we, we bounced it here. We gapped down from it here. We turned 
uh, right about that level. We turned right about that level. So this is a significant area here, keeping in mind that even down into here was necessarily overall that bearish. So a completely normal move off of this would be for the market to pull back to 3,900 would be completely normal at 60 points, uh, down to like 3,820-ish. I'm just kind of estimating where this line is going to be. From a diagonal standpoint, 3,820, 38, would also be fairly normal. And I would say not overly bullish, but uh, that would be a concern for the bulls. But as long as this holds, I can make an argument that I can maintain my bullishness. Uh, the bears are going to want to see us react negatively off of that and break those levels. Of course, we break those levels. We're probably coming back down into this range here. Um, and then to the upside here, we have a little bit of resistance diagonally here. Uh, and this is going to be this is going to be right here a very formidable area that we're not likely to uh, get over. So those are my ranging thoughts. And as far as for most probable movement, my thought is that we pull back and we hold over trend line here. We may break over a little bit over the uh, the blue range, but my thought is we're probably not going to see anything much more than 40, 50 upside. Uh, again, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if we went that extra 100 points up into the 41.63, but uh, my thought is any kind of breakout here is going to be relatively weak, 40.50, 40.80, 40.60. Um, we'll probably roll back over and, uh, and do that. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, this market movement, this up move is slower than the last up move, right? So... I mean, a lot of us might be seeing this as very bullish, but you have to compare it to the other moves. So um, in other words, you want to keep stuff in perspective. So if I go to, I'm going to take out some stuff here. Let me just clear this out. I can, I can duplicate this easy enough, so. Um, one of the things I like to do is I, I like to take a look at, hey, what's the general speed, up speed, speed of the up moves in the market? And if I come back here, I like to compare each up move. So here I have, you know, if I go from the swing low, which is here, to the high, which is here, this is about the steepness that the market's been running up. If I take a look at this one, you can see and kind of compare where it is, it's about the same. You look at this one, it's about the same. Uh, you look at this one here, it's taking longer, right? We're spending more time down. Now Now that it's taken off, it's about the same. But my point being, it's really not any more aggressive than anything else. If you look at magnitude here, we have, uh, let's see, about 3870 to 4200. So that's 39 to 42. That's going to be what two, three hundred points. Uh, we got this guy here, which is thirty-six to thirty-nine. Okay, that's about three hundred points. We got this guy here, which is thirty-seven to four thousand. That's about three hundred points. The market's not, in my opinion, isn't really acting a whole lot more bullish than it has been, other than um, you know from a horizontal level and the fact that we haven't gone down. Another downtrend here, uh, we're, up, we're over our actual downtrend, previous downtrend line. It's not exactly in danger. 
Okay. And that said, I don't think we're going to break this law. I, I, I think that's very unlikely. Again, I think with put, pulling more sideways, but uh, this up move isn't, isn't much more than anything else. The implied volatility tells us a little bit different story when we get there, but that's my thought there. And we talked about where I thought price was going to be. So let me move to do this I want to go to our default drawing set I'm gonna to go to NDX okay NDX is this is an important zone for NDX here but we also have some clutter NDX broke out of its downtrend line by the way about a week before the rust before the SPX did okay so we had this breakout the retracement held right we had some intraday penetration and this is what I'm expecting with SPX too, by the way, if we if we actually pull back. So uh, you can see that we had the breakout and it would be normal for us to retest the breakout. Again, we penetrated intraday a couple of days, but closing prices were over that. And then we kind of continued higher. That's the type of pullback I'm sort of looking at the SPX. We come back down to trend line maybe, or that horizontal support area that probably bounce. Um, for the NDX, that would look something like maybe coming down to this horizontal. I zoom in. Coming down to this horizontal area here and then bouncing. So that would be fairly similar. It might penetrate a little bit deeper in towards our 20 and 50 moving averages. But if I'm bullish, I want this to act as support here. When I start breaking down at that level, then that's a little bit bearish. Again, if I'm bullish, I want to, I want to. A pullback to here would be a, a bullish pullback. So we have some little bit of room to go to the downside if the market would like to do that. If we can't do that and we break to new highs, that's pretty bullish in the short term. Uh, to the upside here, uh, I would expect the market probably to, not, or the SPX, uh, yeah, lower diagonal as well, Christopher was saying too, right? So we could pull back even to the lower diagonal and that might be considered quote unquote bullish, although I consider it more sideways. In other words, downtrends probably, um, going to hold this area and uh, we have a diagonal up here right we might run for the diagonal which is the top of this zone uh, to the upside realistically let me go to three year here on this and this is kind of dirty for a weekly chart so uh this zone here is a substantial zone, right? So we want to keep in mind. So we got the top, these highs, these lows, which we're kind of in there now. So this is a really wide zone. We got this area up in here. Uh, my thought is the, this probably won't go much above, say, 13,250 to the upside right around this downtrend line area. That kind of makes sense for, uh, from what I'm looking at for that. And I always want to throw the SPX up here on this range also to show you how, yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to call movement down here, but realistically on a weekly level, it's, there's almost nothing significant here. So if I go back to my clear drawing set here, um, we have this level here, yeah, we have this level here that is sort of our 
most important range in this on a weekly chart. And you can see that really this move here is insignificant. I mean, other than you might argue that this made a minor break in downtrend, basically more saying the downtrend slowed down more than anything else. Um, we also have this too, right? Area here, but this here is going to be a substantial or likely to be a substantial uh, resistance area in the, uh, in the market there. And then if we go to our other indexes, which is the Dow, um, perfect sense where we backed off on the Dow, look at this on the daily. Right, came right up into our, um, this is our primary area on the Dow. Again, this is a real, a fairly wide range. You can see this is the cluster that we had in the SPX that would be the equivalent uh, price level of the Dow. And we also have you know, the same type of breakout stuff going on here. Where that's where that uh, breakout of this is going to put us right up into here, which is about this high. So this is going to be really the pivot point determining factor of whether this is actually the market's going to start to really get healthy uh, from an upside perspective and, and potentially make new highs. We start breaking into that area again. I would expect to stay below that area. Uh, you know. I wouldn't be too surprised to see, again, we, maybe we pull back a little bit here, maybe we break up a little bit higher, maybe we get up even as high as that. That wouldn't be overly surprising. I don't think it's likely, but um, I think we're more likely to kind of pull back off of here and maybe, again, settle into something a little more sideways. Uh, control Z, and then if we shoot off to Russell here, we've had this outlined as an important area. The Russell, we went right up to it. We backed off uh, pretty normal. We broke out of our downtrend line. This downtrend line should act as support. We also have our uh, the, same, the same setup pretty much. We also have our horizontal here, right? So if I'm bullish, realistically, this area right in here, it's also got our 50 moving average, should act as a support level. Realistically, we can't really go bearish until we uh, at least break this trend line down here. but um, my thoughts here, if we go up in the Russell, uh, if we do get the upside, I don't think we're going to see anything really over 1900, not significantly over 1900 here. There's a lot, a lot of resistance going on up in here. Um, again, short-term charts, we had the breakout, bearish off this level. If we're bullish, we want to see a bounce here. We see a breakdown of that. Then that's probably more of an indication we're going to go sideways. I'm not really concerned about a huge down move here, but um, in the same context, you can't be surprised if we come down to yeah, 1690 either. Uh, that said, I don't think we're going to see that this week. I think we, I think the, the market's going to try to hold the higher end of the, that range. And again, maybe even potentially push up into this area. So that's my thoughts there. And uh, uh, and Christopher is saying, yeah, okay. I, I, Christopher, I'm not sure where that diagonal was, but yeah, we have diagonals that are in place also. Um, from a technical analysis standpoint, diagonals tend to be a lot less powerful than horizontals. Uh, although uh, I argue that point sometimes, but theoretically that's what I'm told anyway. Uh, of course, longer term, oh, it was on the NBX. Longer term trumps shorter term. 
yeah, low to, we have a low to high diagonal here. You can, you can certainly place in some diagonal stuff here. That'll give us a, um, which pretty much lines up with this general area right in here, right? So this is gonna be, this should be a support range right up in here for the NDX. Uh, if we get down that, that's can still maintain, that's still technically bullish. So what's implied volatility doing here? And the question I had too is related to implied volatility and I like implied volatility questions, but um, volatility has dropped a lot in a short time. So when we ask our questions, well, we make our statements, we wanna evaluate our statements. Uh, implied volatility has dropped a lot in a short time. I don't see that as necessarily true, or at least um, I would agree that it has dropped, um, but it really hasn't dropped any more than it has been dropping. As a matter of fact, it's been dropping slower than it's been dropping. So uh, we wanna be careful of the things that we perceive and see if that's really what's going on here, right? So I have this implied volatility. Um, uh, I have this implied volatility here and you can see the rate at which it fell on this cycle. You can see the rate it fell on this cycle, the rate it fell here, the rate it fell here and the rate it's falling here. It's actually been falling slower at a slower pace um, than it has been falling in recent in recent um, times, okay. So, um, so while it has dropped, and I guess a lot would be subjective, I think it's dropped a relatively normal amount. If you take a look at the amount, the the magnitude of this drop and the magnitude of this drop, and so forth, it's pretty average. Um, and it's it, but it, and again, and it's actually dropping slower than it has been. Um, And okay, volatility of volatility, yeah, so we can look at that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we've seen days of clear declines in the market. Um, okay, market's been fairly stable relative, right? So um, I would say over the last, over this time period, we've seen some declines, but they've been smaller than the previous declines. Right, so these declines have been smaller, which would indicate, which would, which would lead me to believe the implied volatility should stay low on those declines. So, remember, implied volatility is going to rise. We're going to, it'll rise a lot or more than expected when the market moves a lot or more than expected. And to me, it, this, the, the expectations really have not been beaten at this point. Right, so, uh, so I don't see anything there. Um, uh, comment that this can be seen. Uh, I should probably should put this down here. This can be seen as, as a sign of calm for the market, but yes, right? Dropping implied volatility can be seen as that. I, I, I could be seen as that, yeah. Um, but shouldn't we expect some spike in volatility soon or at least um, not going down so easily? So again, I don't think that the implied volatility is going down any faster than it normally has been going down. And I don't think it's necessarily going down easily. Also implied volatility is not down historically. It's at, it's at, 
I would say implied volatility right now, as of end of day Friday, it's very high um, historically. So we're still at very high implied volatility rates. Um, now, that, now that said, okay, now that said, I, I just want to make sure that everybody's, I want to make sure that anybody who's looking at any metric in the marketplace is looking at um, what they think about the market and reading it out. My, what I'm trying to, what I say here is when you talk to yourself, you don't want to, there's something when you ask a question, it's presuppositions, right? In other words, you're presupposing certain things in, in, in wording. And this is, this gets into NLP, right? So it's presupposing that this volatility is like, really falling and that the market's dropping and implied volatility is still falling. But the reality is, is it's, it's really not doing anything unusual. Um, and if anything, it's actually falling slower than it has been. So we want to keep that in mind. Um, this can be seen as calm for the market. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, so of course it can. And um, shouldn't we expect a spike in volatility soon? The reality is we don't know when implied volatility is going to spike. So we're going to be, we're going to implied volatility is going to spike when we have a news event come into the market that the traders aren't expecting. It's going to spike if we hit a technical level in the chart that's a resistance level and the market comes down more than expected. It's going you're going to get a spike of implied volatility. So implied volatility is a byproduct. It's not something that triggers anything on its own. So you know that being the case. That being the case, I do not see, um, uh, I mean, I, I, we'll put it this way. I see the implied volatility has dropped quite a bit, but um, I don't think it's any more than normal. I don't think it's any faster than normal. And just because it's dropped, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the leap that it's going to have a large rise. Now, is it true that at some point in the future, is the is the uh, the VIX or implied volatility going to make a, a a large up move? And the answer is yes. As far as predicting when that's going to come, simply because it's been down a certain amount, um, I just don't think that there's any value in that. I don't think that's that's, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, okay. So, you know, my thought is is not necessarily. It could happen, but not necessarily. I don't think there's anything anything telltale here. Um, Christopher has mentioned the V the the VVIX, uh, which you can which you can also take a look, which is um, as Chris stated volatility of volatility. So the volatility of volatility is 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 in other words how much is the implied volatility how fast is the implied volatility changing is actually dropping down quite a bit, which we can see in the chart right. You can see that in the regular VIX chart. As I was saying, the um, this one, we don't want this, just the VIX. As I was saying, the, the rate at which the VIX is dropping is slower than it was before. It's taking more time and it's not dropping as quickly as it has been doing. And that's going to make a drop in the v, VIX. Okay, so that's, um, that all makes sense. So, uh, and this is the lowest since 2008. So uh, let's, let's, let's take a look at that.
Now, the thing with the VVIX is it's going to, it's indicating a drop in implied volatility over a certain amount of time. But the thing is, as the implied volatility levels out, this actually goes up. So, um, yeah, you can take this and you can go to like a 20 year period. You can see that it's way down in here since back here, right? So the change in implied volatility is slowing down quite a bit, right? So we can see that. So that makes sense. And if we want to, and then I had something, what about the rut? We, we, we already had talked about the rut, so I don't know if you missed it, but um, here we are in the Russell. We talked about that normal pullback into this range here of 1760 or so. Ideally, if you're a bull, you'd want this trend line to hold, this diagonal. Uh, if we break to the upside, we really shouldn't be exceeding anywhere uh, much over 1900 at the upside uh, on that. So other than that, it's gonna be, it's likely to trade uh, pretty much in unison with the other indexes uh, on base level and base level. So you can go back on the recording if you want take a look at that. But realistically, our expectations for the Russell here, if we go down, is it's probably going to hold somewhere in the 1760s. And if we bounce, go to a new swing high, chances are we will not be over uh, 1910. Matter of fact, I took some, you know, so one of the things I had on that expired last Friday is I had 1900, 1910 verticals, because I'm like, there's no way from a technical standpoint, you're going to see anything over 1900 in the Russell by last Friday. My new bear verticals that I'm planning to do in the Russell are up in the 1960 range up in here. Because if we do get a move up into here, then I'm, you know, I'm willing to put some bear verticals on with the, uh, with the thought that we're not going to penetrate 1950 here to the upside. And, uh, and that's, that's an opportunity, in my opinion, to take some risk to the upside. And then if we get down, I don't want to take on any real big downside risk. Just like when I, we were back here and people were asking about taking upside risk. I was like, I, won't take, I don't want to take any upside risk on the Russell. Um, I'll take some upside risk. I told, you know, I was saying I'll take some upside risk up here at like the 1900 range if I can get paid okay to do that in a short period of time. And that was my... Um, my, January, my July 22 bear verticals that expired Friday, um, they were, you know, with this fast up move, you know, they were taking on a little bit of pressure. They're getting a little bit of value, but, you know, I just let them expire because the chances of us being up here was almost nothing uh, by last Friday. And in the same context, you know, we get a breakout to the upside. We get this thing trading up in the high 1800s. You can get some bare verticals in here at the 1950 area. I just think that's just a really good trade um, to put on. Again, I'm not overly interested in downside because you get some news event happens. We start breaking technical levels. This is going to go down here really, really quickly. Um, anything to the upside should be, uh, yeah, we'll see little pulses to the upside, but generally the pace at which it goes to the upside should really, really slow down or stop. We get up into um, anywhere near 1900 here. So that's what um, uh, my thoughts are there on the Russell. And um, regarding uh, implied volatility, um, when we look at the VIX and you look at the RVX, 
you know, we've, we've dropped down in the RBX as well. Pretty much the same pace we've been, maybe a little bit slower than the last down move here. And yes, you know, we again, we can get a down move. We can get a pop in implied volatility if that happens, if it's severe. Um, but overall, I see this as a more, uh, and I'm not going to say bullish, but not bearish implied volatility, what's going on, especially particularly when you take a look at the skew curves. So uh, if we take a look at, for example, our historical prices from the 15th. So this is the vertical skew curve, not last Friday, but the week before that. And you kind of got to throw this one out because it's four days to expiration. But if you take a look at uh, our 32 day to 67 day, you can see where this is this time frame here. It's 4.68 into contango. That's a um, implied volatility skew curve or, or an amount into contango that's generally indicative of a market that's definitely not bearish uh, and potentially maybe a little bit on the bullish side. The following cycle is 311 and the following one kind of flattens out a little bit. So we still have some tension here. Traders are thinking two or three months out, three months out, four months out, there's still a little bit of tension there. We have the drop in December, which is typical. Then we have a rise in January, which is fairly typical. It's not too unusual to get a little bit of a dip here. <clears throat> but this is indicative of a bullish market. And then if you go to last week, you can see we went from, if you look at this cycle here, this is, uh, you know, it's the cycle that was four point something percent into contango. This is now 6% into contango. That's, that's almost like, if you go back to a bullish period of time in the marketplace, when the market was trending up, that's almost a, um, from applied volatility skew curve, which is actually more indicative of direction than, um, uh, than, a, than regular implied volatility, right? So high implied volatility doesn't mean the market's going down. High implied volatility just means it's moving a lot or not that it's moving a lot necessarily, but that, that it's uh, expected to move a lot. When you get implied volatility skew curves from cycle to cycle that go deep into what they call contango or the front cycles lower than, significantly lower than the back cycle, that tends to be um, referred to as not bearish. So. Uh, our implied volatility skew curves have been getting, uh, and we've been talking about this over the last three weeks, actually the last four weeks, they've been getting more and more skewed towards the bullish side of the equation here. So um, again, these are not bearish implied volatility skew curves, which when you take a look at the technicals right now, leads me to believe that any pullback in the market, you know, even though there's a lot of news coming out this week, there doesn't seem to be a lot of concern over the next week or, or even over the next month for that matter on um, on where the market's going. So in other words, they believe they have a lot of control over where the prices are from the institutional standpoint. So they're deleveraging out um, in the shorter term. So that's typically, again, not bearish. Now that can change quickly if they get a shock surprise event coming on in the marketplace. But as, as of this, as the way this stands, I would call this more bullish than bearish. And it would be, uh, lead me to believe that any pullback is probably going to hold a shorter term support level and probably try and bounce that level, at least in, in the short term. So that's the way I, I, I tend to piece 
the information together. So, and I even talked about this last week when, when we were very ambiguous on direction. It's, you know, you look at the charting and the, the charting just doesn't give you any information. Sometimes you look at the chart and it's the slam dunk. You can say the market's going to be going down next week or tomorrow or whatever, uh, or it's going to be going up next week or, or tomorrow. And there's other times you look at it and you just don't know. It's like a 50-50 shot going either way. And it was kind of like that last week. But when you go back and you look at the implied volatility, the implied volatility would imply that the market was would be more likely to go up than down. So if I'm taking, uh, if I if I if I decide I have to take a shot in one direction or the other, I'm going to think that the market's more likely to go up than go down. It's the same thing here. Now tomorrow, it's really a crapshoot. It might go down, it might go up, but the um, the down move with the implied volatility skew curve like this should be relatively light. And we're more likely to at least make an attempt of a bounce off a support area than, uh, than just continue down or make a larger than normal retracement off of this level. And that's just kind of how I bring or take a look at the applied volatility. Again, this might change. You look at end day Monday and we're in backwardation. Well, something happened, right? Something kind of news came out. There was a surprise to the marketplace. Institutions were already all of a sudden um, hedging their portfolios and so forth because they don't know where the market's going. They're concerned, they're, they have a high concern for a, uh, a rapid down move. And you know, you, you'll see the applied volatility skew curve shift. And they'll do that in the, in the front cycle as long as it's not too close to expiration, right? So that's, um, but that's the way the, uh, that, um, that generally plays out, okay? So that's what I have and I don't have any more questions. I will let everybody go. Thank you for your questions and your participation. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks.